I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, AfterBuzzers, welcome to the After Show for the mini series Quiz, a show which talks about the infamous scandal that rocked England when it came to the game show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? This is a fascinating show, you guys. Super excited to break it all down. I'm your host, Mina Nadine, and I have with me today Lisa Macy, who actually was on a Wheel of Fortune commercial <laughs> when she was a kid. So what a perfect tie-in to this whole theme of being on game shows. It's true. I guess I've always had a love of game shows, even since I was little. <laughs> I love that. And this was this was such a cool show to watch because I wasn't super familiar with this scandal and how like this actually happened in real life with Charles Ingram that, you know, he cheated and won the million dollar prize. And it was actually known as the cough scandal, um, which is super interesting because the way he found out the answers to these questions was because people in the audience who were part of his family would cough. And then he'd be like, okay, like now I know the answer. So after they like went back, after the producers looked at the tapes again, they figured that out. It was a huge scandal. Um, and we have a very interesting news and gossip section with you later on where you're going to talk about his reactions to watching this show in real life. So super excited to get to that. But first, what were your overall thoughts of watching this show? I loved it. It was so interesting. Um, and like you were saying, I actually didn't know this story at all either. And I just kept saying out loud, I can't believe this is a true story. I can't believe this is a true story. Like I just kept saying that um, the effort that their their whole family put into um, getting on this show and trying to win, win um, the million dollars. Uh, fascinating. I'm still blown away that it's real. I can't believe it. Yeah, no, same. I mean, the, the amount of effort that it took, just the mechanics of like, oh, we're going to have the, the fastest finger question and this is you're going to practice and create this device to do that. That was all so interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And I almost forgot that, you know, they actually took out the fastest finger question uh, in the newer episodes of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So that was like mm -hmm. one of the original things to just get onto the show once you're in the room. But then they got rid of that entirely, um, uh, especially in the American production of the show later on after Regis Philbin, of course. Now, Chris right. Harris doing the who wants to be a millionaire thing but um yeah let's talk about how this this show opens up and let's talk about the behind the scenes when it comes to creating the show so first of all there was a show called cash mountain and the whole concept behind it was that you're going to win money at an exponential rate so it goes from like a thousand to two thousand to four thousand to eight thousand so the whole concept behind that is that you're doubling the money so the stakes are higher because you have the potential to win more money, but also to lose more money. What did you think about the original format of Cash Mountain um, as it compares to how they kept tweaking it into what we now know as wants to be a millionaire? Well, I know initially it was really exciting because nothing like this had been done before. So, um, so really exciting for, for them. First of all, I didn't know, I didn't realize that who wants to be a millionaire did not originate in um, the United States. Did you know that? Uh, you know I, what, you know? I actually didn't know that, but I know a lot yeah. of great television comes from right. the office and then they have American adaptations that become more popular somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That fascinating. I, I didn't realize that, that this had originated and was on ITV. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting that nothing like that had existed before. So even the initial concept, you know, although they tweaked it to make, make it better, um, was fascinating and unheard of before this. 
I know that was so cool. Um, it was funny because when I was seeing like the, the episode of Cash Mountain, they were talking about how, oh, this kind of feels like some sort of Saturday Night Live type of thing going on here. And they wanted uh-huh. to stray away from that. And it's funny because the concept of the game show is like, okay, it's like really lively. You have a show host who is super enthusiastic and lots of mm-hmm. like bells and whistles and lights and camera and action. But it was really interesting just seeing the process of how the producers were coming up with this new concept of evolving the idea of a game show to one where it's a more intimate setting, almost mm-hmm. like an interrogation style. Yes, yes. What were your thoughts on that shift from like, okay, we're going to take this from a game show format, which is a traditional game show, to more of like this intimate one-on-one, like really intense spotlight uh, a thing where there's unlimited mm-hmm. amounts of time. There's no timer, but that's what's going to create that intensity. Like you said, that's exactly what creates the, the intensity, the drama. That's what drives us to watch. I thought thought it was interesting too how they even said how they pumped the the volume through the contestants' chair, like so they could actually feel their chair rumbling, like to add to the excitement and the you know the nerves in it. Um, and yeah, like you said, like lowering the lights, just the music, everything about it. Like, builds and adds to the intensity of the show. So I think, I mean, it, what they did obviously worked, you know, because it kept, they got so many viewers um, from that, but uh, it definitely added to the drama. Did you ever think about those elements of what it takes to create a game show until today? Because I know sometimes we watch the finished product, we don't really know what goes into it, even though our background is in media, sometimes we mm-hmm. kind of forget like the process of production design. Was that interesting to you at all? Oh, it was fascinating. Yeah, I thought, I, I really liked that they showed us that behind the scenes look of it. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating. Did love, you like that? Yeah, yeah. no, I love that part because I had never even thought about that before. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like, yeah, it's wants to be a millionaire. When I used to watch the show, I was like, oh, this is a very simple format. It's just like a one-on-one dynamic. And then you have the audience. It felt like not a lot of thought went into it. And I think that was just me watching it as a kid. But now that I'm watching, like all of the elements come together and how they want to boost ratings, and how like every little detail from the types of questions they ask to the lifelines. I loved that process. So like Mm -hmm. moving on from production design, I do want to talk about the process of the game show setup itself. Let's talk about the lifelines, because they introduced this concept of having uh, three different lifelines, 50-50, phone a friend, and ask the audience. Um, tell me your initial thoughts of what you thought when that that whole format was being tested in the office setting. Um, I thought that was funny. I thought that was that was pretty neat to see that insight. Um, again, that was one of those moments where I'm like, wow, I wonder if this is really if this is a true story. Is this really how they tested it in that in the office that day? I thought I thought that was uh, that was interesting. I I loved that, and it was cool to see the difference between um, initially the way it was working when they were just like brainstorming as opposed to you know, when it was on TV and all the kinks were worked out and everything. I, I liked that behind the scenes a lot. Do you have any final thoughts or anything you want to add about the the behind the scenes pre-production of what it took to enhance this concept of what we now know today as who wants to be a millionaire? Just that I, I'm glad that they showed that, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that they showed that. Because like you said, like watching it here, you know, you don't realize everything that goes into it. So I do like that we got to see all that behind the scenes. Um, of how they came up with the concept and the steps that they had to take to make what we see today. I love that. Um, and I do want to move on now and talk about the, the family dynamics and the dynamics between the main characters on the show. 
Um, first of all, I do want to talk about Charles Ingram's wife and that dynamic at home where, you know, her kid is playing the piano, but she's still like out and out. <laughs> um, what, what did you think? Was there any sort of like interesting uh, culture clash going on where you're like, oh, this is different from us Americans or like, was there anything like watching this back where you're like, oh, interesting. I don't really watch British television. This was an interesting dynamic. Just just in the show to see how into pop quizzes they were, that quiz culture. I mean, we have that a little bit here too. You know, you can you can go out and um and you know uh, have like a trivia. We have like trivia nights here. So I guess, you know, so it was interesting to see how big that pop quiz culture is there. And it's funny you were talking about when her daughter was home and doing like her piano recital, but um Diana was more concerned with getting back to her her game you know her quiz in the in the pub then uh she, she was very politely listening to her daughter play but you could tell she wanted to get back to the quiz at the pub I thought that was so interesting because there's also this one comment that kind of made me chuckle where they're like this is perfect because it's combining you know uh British people's favorite things drinking and being right so <laughs> right <that was laughs> yeah funny, a funny little one-liner um, mm-hmm. did you, were you surprised by the questions at all, um, that were asked on who wants to be a millionaire? Because I felt like it marked a pretty interesting departure from who wants to be a millionaire, um, in the United States. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I felt like there was a bit of like a, a, a culture clash between what I think are easy questions here versus what they think are easy questions there. Exactly. Yes. I thought it was interesting that they asked them what, um, was it what Labor Day is, what month Labor Day is in the United States. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you. Um, I was surprised by that question. I loved how that was the phone a friend question because it's so Uh easy for us to say that that's so obvious, but no one in England would really, would really know that. It's not like a holiday celebrated there. Um, but yeah, that person who was on the game show, um, I'm trying to remember his name right now. It was Adrian Pollock, uh, mm-hmm. and he is actually uh, Ingram's brother. So mm-hmm. uh, that was his sister, and that's the brother. And it was so interesting to see him being approached by um, a person who's part of a group known as the Syndicate. That was my yeah. first glimpse into understanding the origins of this whole cheating scandal and how this whole thing started out is that this show developed such a crazy fan base initially that there would be groups of people who were fans that would help each other with the questions. That was a little weird. I I had to rewind that actually, because I was like, what is going on? I'm a little confused with how this cheating thing originated. What were your thoughts about that? Fascinating. Like unbelievable. Like you said, that it was so so popular and that they had this whole underground organization to help each other get on the show. Um, so interesting, like had no idea that it was that popular, um, that that many people, that it meant that much. Like some people just kept trying and trying, you know, they wouldn't take it here. You can try out for a show. You don't get on it, whatever. But, but um, at this time it was so exciting and so many people wanted to be a part of it. I just, I thought that was fascinating. This little underground community trying to help each other get on the show. I thought it was so interesting as well that that's what, you know, that's like their version of like what we know as white collar crime, like just (laughs) money. I wanted to like ask a little, uh, a a few more questions about the ethics of cheating itself, because I kept watching and trying to play devil's advocate. Like at what point is this considered cheating? And is him having this whole setup to practice the fastest finger question? Is that cheating in and of itself to have an aid 
to practice in order to go on the show because his his sister was like oh what's the setup you have here and her husband Charles Ingram was like are you like cheating like what's going on so what were your thoughts about the setup in his room uh in the house that had everything from the fastest finger question to notes to tips on how to succeed in the game to actually get on camera and play the game did you think that that part was cheating see i i know it's it's a fine line um i mean personally if he was just practicing i i don't know like i think that was very smart of him i mean for him to think to do that to to create his own fastest finger machine and practice um i don't know there's that that fine line um do you think it's cheating? I don't know. You know, that's the part that that was puzzling to me because when I saw that, I was like, how is that cheating? I mean, isn't uh-huh. that the same thing as us having the internet at our fingertips and mm-hmm. reading up on as much knowledge as possible before going on a show like Jeopardy? Or isn't that the same thing as hiring a tutor so that you can do well in the SATs? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to a point where he tries to create a business out of this thing that he's created for himself where someone asks him, hey, I know you have this device for the fastest finger question. And his neighbor says, I will pay you a lot of money if you sell me one of those so I can practice and get on the show, teach me everything. Is that considered cheating to create this into a business and make money and profit off of teaching other people how to do well on who wants to be a millionaire? Is that reaching that line? At what point is it cheating? I know. That's that million dollar question. You know, it really... I don't, and then you put into it that that Adrian, um, that character himself, it was struggling with debts. You know, he was just trying to pay off his debts and desperately needed to make this money. So he was kind of looking for any chance um, he could to make make money either on the show or now he's presented with this opportunity, like you said, to sell his his machine, his fastest fingers machine. So, yeah. See, I don't think that part is cheating at all. I think that's being savvy and creating a business out of something you already know. What I do consider cheating, however, is having a group of people help you on the phone a friend because the whole concept of phone a friend is having one person there alone in a room. Mm -hmm. And the only reason we know that is because on the phone call, when the host calls the friend, he goes, I hope you're alone in a room right now by yourself and I hope no one is around. So I feel like that was the key indicator that you're aware of the rules you know that phone a friend entails only one person and people can't be around to help you. So at that point, I do feel like it's an unfair advantage because not all of the contestants have this equal playing field where they're allowed to call in a group. It's kind of like if you're the only person taking steroids and you're playing baseball, you have an unfair advantage and you're using uh, performance-enhancing drugs to do better. And I felt at that line, okay, that's where you draw the line now it's turning into a complicated business where you're giving a 25% commission to someone who's helping you game the system. Um, Agreed. I totally agree with you on that. I, absolutely. Do you think that, you know, the show tries to humanize the contestants at all to make it more of a gray issue than a black and white issue? Because I, I did feel like at certain points they were, they were trying to say, oh, you know, I'm trying to make money to pay off my debts and I really need this money. Do you think that was intentional? Absolutely. Yes. And if it was intentional, it worked because I did find myself feeling, feeling for them. And um, so, yeah, I, I do think that was intentional, you know, getting their whole backstory, understanding where they're coming from, um, that they're not necessarily bad people. You know, it's just their life experience that have brought them, brought them to this point. 
did you find any parallels between um you know this show who wants to be a millionaire to other game shows at all in terms of like the setup or do you feel like wants to be a millionaire was revolutionary in the way that it conducted winning money i think it was revolutionary absolutely you know um other shows may have then based their their model after that but i i think that was pretty revolutionary at the time um, do you have any other thoughts about this episode as a whole? Anything that you, like any favorite scenes, anything that made you laugh? What was your overall reaction other than just being I, very fascinated by the process? Because I thought the whole thing was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I liked the backstory in the beginning, but kind of towards the end of the episode, when we really started to see, you know, um, with with the characters when we really start to see them on the show that's when it was interesting and i didn't want the episode to end now i want to know you know now that charles ingram is going you know the episode ended with him in this in the chair ready to compete and so now i want to see what happens we've gotten the backstory and um it's just exciting you know i i definitely want to know what's coming next i'm trying not to look ahead it's hard you know because you can look in the news and see i mean you know what comes what's coming but um but it's exciting to see it play out you know, I know this whole scandal happened in 2001 um, and it was like a whole ring of people exposed. It was Charles Ingram. It was Charles Ingram's wife. Um, it was obviously the brother, Adrian Pollock. Um, it was like a whole thing where they kept bringing different people into it and it became the coughing conspiracy. Um, I, I guess where I'm like trying to go with this is I, I, I totally forgot the trajectory of this conversation, but it's so crazy how like every single person was like getting sucked into this like magical world of wanting to win the million dollars. What do you think made this show so appealing where people all over the world, you know, were just, just wanting to get on. And it wasn't just who wants to be a millionaire in England. There was who wants to be a millionaire in various countries. And that's what the guy in the syndicate was saying. He was saying, you know, like I've been on the show four different times not just in England, I do it in different countries. And that's my way of even winning more money. And no one will ever find out about it. It's so crazy how widespread it's become. What were your thoughts about that entire dynamic of how it's almost like universal at this point? Well, first of all, I think I believe they had said that this was the first time ever that a million dollars had been had been. um, Yeah, I think this is the first time ever that sounds yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so this amount of money has never even, you've never even had this option of winning this amount of money on a game show. So that in and of itself is really exciting. And then kind of the things we were talking about before the different elements that made the show itself. So exciting, the music, the lights, the, you know, the, um, all of, and the different ways that you can, you can be assisted the ways that you can um, help the different lifelines. Um, I just think it was, it was so new and exciting and it made it seem like anyone, anyone could be a millionaire now, like, and you can go through these exciting challenges and, and maybe become a millionaire yourself. So I just think that in and of itself, um, you know, excited people. What was your favorite part about the game itself where you're like, wow, that was genius that they came up with that segment of it? I do like the lifelines. I do like that you have a chance to phone a friend. Um, you know, back then there was no internet. You couldn't Google something really quick. Um, so it was different than, than it would be now, but, um, you know, pre internet, that's a pretty interesting thing to think of. Okay. I don't know what the question's going to be. Who in my circle do I think would be a good person to call, um, for a good trivia question? I think, I think that was pretty smart. 
I love that as well. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how this whole concept develops further in episodes two and three and how it all ties together. Um, I tried to not find out too much about the real life story, even though I really, really wanted to know, mm-hmm. uh, just because I don't want it to be you know, I don't want it to be a spoiler, even though this happened in 2001, like everybody knows now, but I still right. want to feel like I'm watching everything for the first time and then see how it compares to the real life Charles Ingram and the entire court case and the trial. And I'm really interested to know like people's reactions to watching quiz. So if you guys are watching our after show right now, please leave a comment in the comment section on YouTube, or if you're listening on iTunes, send us a comment there. What were your thoughts about this whole cheating scandal? And were you aware of the real life cheating scandal that this was based on? Please leave your comments and don't forget to give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to AfterBuzz TV Dramas. And also you can check us out on iTunes if you're listening on there, leave us five stars and leave a comment for us because we read all your comments and this is the best way to engage with you guys. Um, Because we want to make this like a conversation. We want to know what you think and you're part of us. Uh, This isn't us asking the audience. This is us talking to the audience right now. (laughs) I really want you to be a part of the conversation. And as always, thanks for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Um, But moving on, I do want to get into our special segment that you prepared, Lisa. So take it away. So I didn't realize before, before watching this show and kind of doing some research, I didn't realize actually how many um, shocking game show scandals there have been. There have actually been quite a few. I had no clue. So I wanted to kind of talk about one today. Um, I don't know if you knew about this, Mina, but in 1984, uh, Michael Larson famously figured out how to beat the system on the CBS show, Press Your Luck. Have you ever heard about this? I've heard of the show Press Your Luck, but I never knew about that scandal. See, I never knew either. Um, Apparently, he, by pausing and replaying recorded episodes of the show, he figured out exactly when to hit the buzzer to win the biggest prizes on their um, 18-square big board. Um, So he managed to play the game 35 times in a row before the producers figured out what, what was going on. And at first, CBS refused to pay him his winnings, but then they reluctantly relented and awarded him over $110,000 in cash and prizes. Mm -hmm. This cheating scandal forced CBS to revise the show after that and tighten their rules across their other shows as well. So it's kind of like what we were talking about before. So he was watching it at home on VHS and pausing and recording and figuring out that that it wasn't, um, that you could pause it. Exactly, Yeah. yeah. I've so actually like, heard of this, but I thought the show, I guess this was an older version of the show. What's interesting, mm-hmm. there's another show that was more modern. It was called Whammy, which was very similar where it's something going around in a specific pattern and you have to like hit the buzzer at a time where you don't get the whammy and someone had figured out how to game the system. And I remember as a kid, it was one of my favorite shows. And it sounds like it's the same concept as Press mm-hmm. Your Luck. And I remember being a kid and being like, how's that cheating if you're smart enough to know that there's a pattern? And it's so confusing to me. And I also thought, why would there be a pattern? Why wouldn't you just randomize it with all the technology that you have so that you would prevent something like that from happening? Like, why would you ever not make it random if you're the show's, like, technician or producer? I mean, is that really cheating? And it is cheating. But in my mind, I was like, well, someone figured it out. Someone's bound to figure it out. You should have made made it impossible to cheat, like a game where it is impossible to cheat. But... um, That's really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
Oh, sure. And I'm what it might actually be the same show we're talking about because I personally haven't watched this show, but in my research on it, I did see one of the articles mentioned exactly what you're saying about the whammy. Mm -hmm. Um that so I'm wondering if it was the same show, a different because they were saying the same it thing probably, it had to do. Yeah, yeah, it probably is called Press Your Luck, but a lot of times they take the same show and then they rebrand it and rename it in the mm -hmm. present day to kind of like change the image of it. But I know like the people in the audience would be like, no whammy, no whammy. And like everyone would get super excited when the person would win. Um, and I think it's like so interesting that we even watch game shows to begin with, especially when they're not trivia based. I think it just shows how invested we humans are in other people's happiness. And even though there's like so many bad things happening in the world right now, um, I just think it's so interesting that we see one person and we see their desire to win money, especially when we think that it's for a cause that we can relate to or empathize with. We really want the best for them and we really live vicariously through their experiences. And that's why I think game shows are so fun to watch because we're just rooting for the person to win. Like we never want to see them lose. It's like heart wrenching. Absolutely. I totally agree. Absolutely. I do want to move on to the news and gossip section. I know you have something very interesting prepared for us. Yes, so apparently the real Charles Ingram was a nervous wreck before this aired. I mean, can you imagine if this is your life story, you don't know how it's going to play out on TV. So he said he was um, almost as nervous, you know, before the show aired as he was in court when when he was living, uh, living it. So he was sick to his stomach, nervous before this ever aired. And while it was airing, not sure how he was going to be portrayed. But when it was all over, it turns out he approves of the show and he gave it a glowing review in fact on twitter he even tweeted the cast the story the scenes simply brilliant terrifyingly accurate and oh yes horribly cringeworthy floored by the pure talent on the show tonight and he gave it five stars so he was nervous about it but all in all he he gave it a glowing review that's so fascinating because I would assume that if you're a nervous wreck watching something especially if you're not being portrayed in the best light that it would be really hard to watch and you just wouldn't be a fan of it at all. But I love that he's able to watch something that, you know, might potentially even be triggering or like some sort of PTSD for him since it was a very low point in his life. And he can watch it, come back to it and be like, wow, this is phenomenal acting, great storyline. I love it. That's yeah. <laughs> super interesting. Love it. Thanks, Lisa. Oh, uh, sure. Do you have any final thoughts about any of this, about the show itself, about the real life story, um, anything at all about the whole uh, the network ITV um, and like the whole gamut of emotions of like watching a contestant go from, you know, excitement to fear to shock and to like every range of possible emotion. Any final thoughts? Just for me. What what grabbed me the most is the, the effort that someone will put in into you know these these um, contestants, all of them that were like part of this syndicate and part of this underground network. The effort that they would put into winning and helping others win is just fascinating to me. It makes me want to research more and see if, if this sort of thing went on in any other show, if if that's come to light. Um, that's just that, I don't know. It's so interesting, and I can't wait to see how this plays out over the next two episodes. Yeah, same. I think people really do get excited about going on game shows. I love that with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, it's really cerebral and strategic. 
but you even like nowadays see people going on shows like The Price is Right and people are dressing up in costumes on certain shows and it's all about like being high energy. So I love how there's like a different like dichotomy between like the excitement and the pizzazz of certain American game shows and like this reserved quality of the British game shows where it's like very, it's almost like Jeopardy. It's just so cerebral, but it's mm-hmm. like low pace as well. Because we're, I'm so used to everything being like fast and exciting, but I love how something can still be slow paced and still have such a huge element of excitement and anticipation. And just watching that entire process on this show of how they transitioned from Cash Mountain to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and it had never been done before, was super intriguing. I loved it. Uh, so far, I would give this a really high rating as well uh, for the acting and just the really interesting storyline. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Lisa, by the way, for for joining us on this panel. Uh, I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to cover episodes two and three with you as well next week. Um, and I know that we're going to continue this special segment idea of crazy cheating scandals on other game shows. So I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to see what you pick out for us next week. Uh, with that being said, thanks so much for joining. Where can everybody find you on social media? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Lisa M Macy. That's Lisa two M's ASI and on Twitter at Lisa Marie Macy. And again, Macy is M A S I. Awesome. And I'm Mina Nadine. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Mina Makes Magic. As always, thanks for tuning in and we will see you all next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.